0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the By the Book podcast with Mister By the Book, Gaston LaRue. And on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about my weekend in wrestling. We're going to travels to and from Tennessee,
1: where I
0: competed in the AIW, uh, one of the premier uh, cruiserweight tournaments in the entire country and uh, just talking about how things went for me i'm very proud of my performance in that i just wish i had a little bit more and wish it went a little bit better and then we're also going to talk about my show from saturday night at uh, the elite wrestling alliance where i made my debut in the best of the elite gauntlet match where i defeated five other guys to prove why i am the best of the elite why i am an elite level pro wrestling athlete And I'm going to let you listen to my promo afterwards because it is one of my favorite promos I have ever done and this isn't going to be a super long episode so I'll pad a little bit of time for that in there as well and then we're also going to talk about the current discussion surrounding the firing of CM Punk at the time of recording we are literally an hour and a half away from all out the zero hour is about to be on in like 20-30 minutes and I think there's an important discussion to be had in regards to the CM Punk conversation because um, I've dealt with a lot of professionalism issues in locker rooms that I have been a part of. And I think that it's going to be a very important conversation. So I'm not going to crap talk anyone. Uh, it's not my place. I'm not assigned AW talent. I'm not on TV, nothing, you know, nothing like that. But I think that there is a, a very important conversation to be had especially because I'm seeing so many wrestling personalities, mainly old heads, as but as well as, you know, just people who like to crap on AEW in general, um, who are crapping on Tony Khan for some of the things, for the way he has handled things. And I want to give a perspective from someone who's in an indie locker room and has seen similar situations occur where um, it's maybe not – solely the person who gets fired or released or whatever's fault but if they're the common denominator that kind of tells you that there is an issue of some kind with them and they do cause problems for your locker room and they do uh, and they are a problem that needs to be eradicated in order to have a more healthier environment in the locker room so i'm gonna jump into that then i'll jump into my weekend, because I don't want to end the, end the, um, show poorly. So everyone knows by now the situation between CM Punk and Jack Perry at all in, there's been conflicting stories. There's been different stories and like what happened, who started it, whatever. What we do know facts, facts wise, what we do know that hasn't just been reported, you know, that like, hasn't just been reported from rumors And stuff like that. And from dirt sheets and all that. We do know that there were security cameras at All In that caught this incident on tape. And we do know that Tony Khan has been looking at this from a legal standpoint. And has been getting advice from legal counsel. Not just wrestlers in the back. And I see so many punk apologists talking about, oh, well, they're just the friends of the elite and or the elite probably threatened to walk out if he didn't fire them or, you know, just people making up these things that we don't know and just making up these reasons for why punk got fired just so they don't have to hold him accountable, right? Because, and I get it. You want to defend your favorite wrestler. I get it. So there's a common denominator with punk. Issues at WWE, Um, issues everywhere he has worked, issues last year at AEW, issues this year at AEW, he was supposed to be the savior of wrestling, so to speak, and he's failing horribly at that. Um, I'm not going to go into my personal feelings about how I think Punk hasn't been the same uh, since he came back, which he wasn't going to be, right? He was off seven years. Um, but I have my personal feelings and thoughts and analysis on his run since his return. That's fine. I'm, but I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to, I don't want this to be spreading hate. I don't want, you know, it, like I said, it's not my place. I have no say in this. I have no keepsake in this. I'm not a signed athlete. And you know, that just looks bad on me as well. If I do go and like talk crap about that, like, Even though, you know, even though Punk has been fired and stuff, that just looks bad on me. And I I don't want to spread that kind of (coughs) hate or anything. And that's why, um, that's why, like, even when I posted about this on Twitter, I tried to keep it from an objective stance where I mentioned, look, it might not be entirely Punk's fault, but there's clearly a common denominator. And that is the issue. So... Here's the, so here's the thing. If you are in charge of a professional wrestling business in this day and age, you have to be very careful. I've seen guys like Jim Cornette and Vince Russo and all these people just calling Tony Khan soft and like saying that, oh, why did he get in this business if he wasn't prepared for stuff like this, whatever. It's not the 90s anymore. It's not the 80s and the 90s anymore. You shouldn't have to put up with this crap in the modern wrestling landscape. You should be able to have healthy locker rooms. You should be able to have healthy conversations and you should be able to handle things like adults. Not to say that you shouldn't have been able to do that back then because you absolutely should have, but things were looked at differently back then. Things were handled differently back then. And uh, I've been very vocal uh, in the past that I don't like anyone who is a politicker and I don't like anyone who you know likes to cause issues of any kind and WCW dealt with that with Hogan and I think that Tony Khan getting rid of CM Punk shows that he's learning from past mistakes. And it speaks volumes to me, because on Twitter, Eric Bischoff tweeted that he thinks that Tony Khan made the right decision as well. And Eric Bischoff dealt with Hulk Hogan. And Eric Bischoff uh, condoned all of Hulk Hogan's actions, no matter what he did. And there's been a lot of... A lot of um, comparisons between Punk and Hogan since he's been back. Punk, you know, even doing the put the hand to the ear, doing the leg drop, stuff like that as a joke and a nod and all that stuff and whatever, right? I In this modern day and age, if you are in charge of a wrestling promotion, it is your job to keep your talent in line. And that's how it always should be how how it always has been. In this day and age, it's just a lot more frowned upon if you don't. And it, and with social media in this day and age, a lot more will come out naturally. Back then, they could hide a lot more. So when you have CM Punk causing all these issues, and it is being clearly spread to the media and to the press, and he is clearly having issues with 90% of your locker room, and apparently there's stuff that we don't even know and haven't even heard about. You need to do something about it, right? And I've seen people's biggest arguments be Tony should have done something sooner. I agree. I think Punk should have been fired after All Out last year. I mean, like, you know, I, even even if, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Storm in his locker room and stuff like that, we still don't know the full details on that even. That was a very gray situation. There were no cameras in that situation, mind you. But he started something at a press conference that he couldn't finish. He has asked people to come face to face with him numerous times if they had issues with them. And then every time someone meet, like has an issue with them reportedly and meets a head on, he takes issue with it. So I think there's a lot of child pettiness and I'm not. I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on Punk, as I mentioned before, because um, there are other people who have been very immature about the situation from reports, allegedly. So uh, I'm keeping the term allegedly going because we don't know everything. We clearly don't know everything. But as I mentioned earlier, what we do know is there were cameras at the all-in event. We do know that Tony Khan states that his safety felt in jeopardy, which I think is valid. Because based on reports, Puck allegedly lunged at him and to where to the point where monitors and stuff allegedly fell on Tony Khan. And you know, that is very unprofessional. He allegedly choked Jack Perry against a wall. Something happened that warrants legal counsel. Something happened that war something happened to where the video is is um, irrefutable that he has to fire punk. And if he doesn't fire punk, there's going to be more issues in the locker room. It's going to be more turmoil. There's going to be, you know, probably people quitting and taking sides or going on strike or, or uh, just, you know, go or whatever, leaving work, wanting to wanting their releases, all that stuff, all because of one guy. So why would you risk multiple assets all because of one guy? And I understand that Punk has his friends there. And I'm not saying that Punk isn't one of the most influential professional wrestlers of all time because he absolutely is. CM Punk is one of, if not the most influential professional wrestler of all time. And no one can take that away from him. But if he's going to keep running into these issues and running into these troubles then he needs to leave Leave it be at this match with Samoa Joe, one of his greatest rivals of all time, in front of 81,000 people at one of the largest professional wrestling events of all time. I think that Punk needs to hang him up. I think Punk is a better mind behind the scenes, maybe. Maybe he'd be a good producer at WWE. But I don't think Punk needs to be in front of the camera anymore. I don't think Punk needs to be. Um, I just don't think Punk needs to be anywhere near the talent. I don't think he needs to be an on-screen presence of any kind anymore. I think the ship has sailed. And that, that I hate that because he was one of my profession, favorite professional wrestlers growing up. And now I look at it and it, it feels like. Um, I kind of, I kind of hate that I have this perspective after he came back of, I really liked some of the stuff that he did. And then now I can't help but feel like it's kind of tarnished my whole image on him in the past because it used to be, yeah, WWE sucks. CM Punk did the right thing. And now I have to kind of question that. And that sucks because people change a lot over seven years. Cause so maybe he wasn't the same guy. Maybe he did change. Across seven years, you know, maybe he didn't cause problems at WWE, whatever, but it's hard to not have that view. And this is me talking as a fan of punk. Um, I love punk. I'm grateful for the contributions he has given to this business, but I'm sick of seeing people rag on Tony Khan and say he's being oversensitive or over-exaggeratory or whatever. If he feels the way that he feels about the situation, then it is valid. And, it is not up to anyone else. It's not their company. It's not what they think or feel. It's his decision at the end of the day, as the boss, as the man in charge of AW. And if he feels unsafe, then that is valid. That he feels unsafe and he is allowed to feel unsafe. I'm just saying. So I want people to who listen to this to think about that. Think and put themselves in Tony Khan's shoes. Of what is more important, money, or the money that CM Punk draws, or the money that he's gonna cost him in the long run as a result of having issues with people. He already could have could have had a match with Kenny Omega, which would have been one of the biggest dream matches of all time, which would have been one of the biggest gates of all time for AEW. Like that in itself is costing costing him money. Like just think about that. But we're never gonna get that. And that's sad. It's sad that we're never going to get CMFTR against the elite. It's sad that we're never going to get some of that stuff. But I think that's fine. I think that the safety and the well-being of your wrestlers in your locker room is more important than anything else. And I think that Tony Khan made a very wise decision and a smart decision for the sake of the longevity of AEW. And I'm also saying this as someone who someday wants to be in AEW. And if I get ever get signed to AEW, when I get signed to AEW, okay. When I get signed to AEW someday, I want to be able to feel safe and secure when I am there. And I have friends who are, I have friends or I don't know if we call us friends, but like people that i worked on the Indies before with and people that I enjoy being around when I see them at shows. Um, who do work for AW and I don't want them to deal with this kind of hostile and toxic environment either. So that'll end my rant, but, um, and you can check out my Twitter thread where I talk about this as well. I I, I think I tried to cover every bullet point that I got in in there, but my point is I'm not here to crap talk punk. I'm not here to, you know, like I, I can't put my two cents in on the situation, but I am here to just say like, Think about what Tony Khan is going through. Look at it from a professionalism standpoint, look at it from the standpoint of being the boss and for all you professional wrestlers out there, learn the professional side of this. You're not just a wrestler. Learn how to be professionals. I am so sick of being in locker rooms with people who don't know how to be professionals, who try to pull politics, who think that they're better and bigger and badder than they are. If we are on the Indies, you are nothing special. I'm just saying you are no better than anyone else on the Indies because you are striving for the same goal. as everyone else to be on television, to be signed, to be making a living off of this, you are no better than anyone else. I have people in mind. I do. I have people in mind when I am saying this, you are no better than anyone else. Stop being a scumbag, stop being a piece of crap, get yourself together and maybe Maybe you'll get somewhere someday because being a piece of trash is not going to get you anywhere. Being selfish is not going to get you anywhere in this business. Being selfless is going to get you somewhere. You need to be a little bit selfish in some aspects. You can't give yourself, you know, like you, you can't be too selfless, right? You need to protect yourself. Yeah. And you can be, and you can be giving and you can give and give and give, but you need to protect yourself at the end of the day. There is a reason that big guys need to protect themselves. You can't have a five foot seven woman going out who weighs 175 pounds going out there and German suplexing a guy who is billed at 500 pounds. Unbelievable, unbelievable. This business is meant to be protected. This is meant to be real. This is real. Pro wrestling is real. And if you try to suspend disbelief to the point of unbelief, then you are screwing this up. You are screwing up pro wrestling. I love this. I am passionate about this. So check your egos. And get yourselves in check. If you're going to walk into a locker room. And someone tells you. Hey you're going under tonight. And you're going to say. Hey that doesn't work for me brother. Then get to in. Get out of this business. You do not belong here. Sorry about this rant. I am just very ticked off. And I am really sick of people trying to spit on the sport that I love because I do love this. My love of me studying professional wrestling inside and out is legitimate. The ancient by the book is, isn't just a gimmick. Okay. It's so much more than that because I do study this sport inside and out. And if you're going to spit on what I love and what I want to be my livelihood and what is my livelihood, then you need to get out of here, dude. So I hope some of those people that I have in my mind listen to this and realize, hey, I could get fired too someday. It doesn't matter how big I am. It doesn't matter if I'm the biggest name in pro wrestling like CM Punk. I can get fired for the way that I act someday. That's all I'm going to calm down and uh, we're going to take a brief intermission. We're going to take a brief breather and I'm going to um, allow you guys to uh, hear this ad for my merch store. We are currently hosting. We currently have a promo code running right now on the merch store through the end of September. The code is by the book 18. That is B Y T H E. BOOK15 and you can use that promo code at checkout on my Shopify store whenever you whenever you get to, to get to checkout and that is 15% off of all orders. So go check it out, listen to this ad and we will be right back. At this time, I would like to just plug my own merch store. Sometimes as a professional wrestler, you don't have the funds to um, buy your own merch to, to bring to shows. And as much as I love doing that and love being able to interact with the fans, I don't always get to. So I created my own Shopify store. I You can check out my Facebook and Instagram for the QR code, or you can go to e0b2f5.myshopify.com That is e0b2f5.myshopify.com If you go on there and you browse the website, you'll find all kinds of things. You can find by the book, ancient by the book of wrestling notebooks that you can have your own very own ancient book of wrestling. You can go, you can see sweatsuits with comic designs. You can go, go get hats. You can go get crop tops. You can go get whatever you want. From the from a gas on the roof store. We even have mugs and dad hats. So go to shopify.com. The specific link is e0b2f5.myshopify.com. That is e0b2f5.myshopify.com. Go to that store, support me, support in independent wrestling, and buy my merch. And if you do, it you will be a hundred percent buy. The book. Now back to the episode. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sticking around. And now I'm going to talk about my weekend. I'm going to let you listen to my promo from Saturday night as it is one of my favorites. And then uh, we're going to get the heck out of here and I'm going to watch all out. So this weekend, Friday night, I went down to... Pro Wrestling Mid-South, which was ho- which is a, an AIWF affiliate. They were hosting the AIWF Crazy 8 tournament this year with uh, eight of the best cruiserweights in the country. And they all fought it out for to win the tournament and win the trophy. And, uh, man, that was such a fun experience. I went, rode down with Dylan Cole, Percy Drews, and Caden Brooks, who last minute filled in for Riley Rose, who could not make it to the, make it to the event, uh, but yeah, and they all ran, took their opportunity and they ran with it. Uh, the other competitors in the tournament were Tanner Saturn, uh, Peyton Pitts, Mr. One Night Only from Michigan, and the Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket and Peyton Pitts are regulars to Pro Wrestling Mid-South, so they had a bit of a home field advantage going in, and, man, this was a, a fun tournament. The promo art for this uh, episode is going to be the the photo of us in the Crazy Eight. Uh, the travels down were fun, just e- exhausting, especially the, the ride back was very exhausting because we were all very tired and it was a seven-hour drive. Um, but it was worth it. What a great experience being in the Crazy Eight. And so I'm going to just kind of run down, like, the – the card, how everything went, the match order, who won what. Uh, I made it to the semifinals, um, being thwarted by my own tragedy boy brother and tag team partner, Hot Percy Drews. We have had numerous matches over the years, but we hadn't had a singles match against each other for two years because we've been teaming. So, you know, why would we have a singles match against each other other than for one of the most prestigious Cruiserweight tournaments in the entire country? So, Let's just get into it. Um, the tournament started off with Peyton Pitts facing Caden Brooks. Caden Brooks is a very young, talented uh, star uh, who is incredible. Trained down at uh, trained with Dr. Tom Pritchard and Kane in Kane and Tennessee for a while before moving to uh, to Indiana, where he's originally from, and training with Eric Draven, who trained me. So I know that that name sounds familiar and he wrestled Peyton Pitts in the first round. Peyton, uh, came over, overcame, uh, Caden Brooks, but Caden had a great showing. One of my favorite parts of their match was, uh, Peyton sprung off the middle ropes for a crossbody, and Caden caught him like a beast fall away slam. It was awesome. Caden is incredibly talented and the future of professional wrestling. He's only been wrestling for a year and he is absolutely awesome. Uh, he gets a lot of comparisons to Kurt Angle because he has a very amateur wrestling background. He, he wears a singlet, you know? Um, but he's incredible. He, he, if he keeps working, he's going to be winning the crazy eight in a couple of years. He's going to be on TV eventually. He's, he's the man dude. Like he's so good. He's my age. Um, 21. He just started later than I did obviously. And he's so good, man. He's, He's built like a machine as well. So, yeah, he may not have made it past the first round, but he did incredible. Uh, Also, there was Dylan Cole against uh, Tanner Saturn, both Indiana boys. Caden's an Indiana boy. Peyton Pitts was a Tennessee boy. Tanner and Dylan are both Indiana boys. They wrestled each other. And Tanner was also trained by Eric Draven, is currently – in custom made with Eric Draven. I used to be in that, but Dylan Cole overcame Tanner Saturn in the first round. Uh, Both are also the future of wrestling. Like I look at that picture and I can't help but think, but look at myself, Percy, Caden, Tanner, um, and Dylan, just our, our group that went down and just think, man, that we like, this is the future of wrestling. Uh, I think they all have the potential to go so far in this business, and I believe in them immensely. Um, so Dylan Cole overcame him, overcame Tanner Saturn with the rope neck, swinging swinging neck breaker, which led to the next match. It was hot. Per- it was myself against the Yellow Jacket. The Yellow Jacket uh, being this weird dude under a mask, okay, who goes by the Yellow Jacket, and dresses like a freaking bumblebee. Uh, I've wrestled him before at Pro Wrestling Mid-South. Uh, I, I believe I've, I talked about it on the podcast when I was doing it because I wrestled him back in April. And I defended my AIWF World television title against him. And he caused problems for me back in January, which kind of sparked that match. And then so I came back and then I wrestled him again uh, on Friday night. And I beat him again, naturally. Totally not with the help of anyone else. Not at all. Uh, why? Why would that happen? I, I do things one hundred percent by the book. I don't need any help against some bumblebee, but uh, I defeated him in the first round and moved on in the tournament. The crowd hated my guts, and it was freaking awesome. Uh, that's that's what I desire, and it fuels me completely. Uh, I I love when the crowd hates me. It really gets me going. I was red hot. I was really feeling myself. I've been working out like crazy, so uh, before I went out, myself being a, just so vain, of course, but how could I not be when I look this good? I uh, I wore a, a pair of my um, older tights that I haven't worn in quite some time. Uh, it's a black pair of tights with um, a bit of like a galaxy design on them. Like It's not super big, but I, I wanted a, an homage to Star Wars because I like Star Wars. And, uh, and then it has Gaston LaRue down the side and I got them made by Printful really cheap, but they look good. And then it has buy, my, my, by the book logo on the waistband uh, on the back and, you know, they look good, but they didn't have a drawstring. So I stopped wearing them for a long time. And luckily my wife being as incredible as she is, um, had a tool to show me how to thread a uh, drawstring through. And so we cut some holes threaded the drawstring th- through and it was perfect. I looked real I felt like I looked good, like my it, it like those tights kind of squeeze you well tight. So it really made my upper body pop and it just made me feel really confident in myself. And, but I also have just been working out a lot. Uh my upper body is looking better. I'm getting more muscular. I'm losing a little bit of my body fat of of my belly fat. Uh the little bit that I had left. I don't have much, but um, yeah. And then I always go with the high waisted looks that really helps too. And, uh, yeah, I felt really good. Uh, I was really happy to have those tights back cause I love them so much. But yeah, so I overcame yellow jacket, uh, Percy, who I would go on to face in the semifinals, wrestled Mr. One Night Only, a gentleman from Michigan. So, uh, m- myself, Mr. By the Book, I, you could see me as a representative from Louisiana or Ohio my opponent, being from Tennessee, Percy, uh, is a representative of, of Ohio through and through, and he wrestled a guy from Michigan. It was a very uh, Midwest-centric tournament, more or less, other than Tennessee, which is a little more considered a part of the South. Uh, but yeah, so Percy overcame Mr. One Night Only with an attitude adjustment, which led to Peyton Pitts and Dylan Cole in the semifinals, and myself and Percy Drews in the semifinals, which, you know, was... It rocked a little turmoil in me because I obviously wanted to win this tournament, uh, but when Percy later on defeated me, I was more than excited for him. So Peyton goes on to defeat Dylan Cole, and what was a really good match. Like you know, uh, Peyton's nickname is Pee Wee, and so going in, I was kind of like worried because sometimes if you hear like these weird names from guys on indie shows, you're like, are they good? And, but no, he was good, man. Like he, he was good. He so good that he went on to win the crazy eight tournament. So he defeats Dylan Cole taking advantage of a leg injury, which Tanner Saturn had started earlier on. And then it came down to me and Percy. And I want to talk about me and Percy's match because Percy and I about two years ago would wrestle each other a lot in singles matches. And then since then, we've been a tag team. We've been a trio. We've been working together on and off uh, a lot as the tragedy boys. And, you know, even if we're not teaming, we're associated with one another We're walking out with one another. We travel together, all this stuff. So going in, we told each other like, hey, even though we're friends, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I know Percy expected that. So I took advantage of his back, which had been injured earlier on by Mr. One-Nine-Only. I tried to take every advantage I could But Percy was just one step ahead of me tonight. Um, You know, Percy and I, if you throw us into a ring, you know, 50 50 times I could win, 50 times he could win. You know, if if there's 100 times, we could split it 50-50 down the middle. Um, This was easily our best match that we've ever had. And I'm happy that we got to do it a part of this illustrious tournament. Uh, In the end, I made one slip up. I made one mistake. I went to the well too many times. He, uh, I got him down. I had him beaten down. He came back. He fired. He fought back as much as he possibly could. I, I kept trying to target his back. He went for his attitude adjustment at one point. His back gave out. I cranked his neck. I did the old Chris Hero. Cranked the neck, forearm to the back. I hit him with my Regal Plex. He kicked out. Percy is extremely resilient, extremely talented. I called for my running knee. He super kicked my head off. Threw me to the apron I saw this as an opportunity to uh, go for my step and spear again after he threw a punch and I blocked it I saw the opening to go for my step and spear again which I had hit earlier on in the match but he scouted me Percy knows me so well like you know you know like I said we've worked we've wrestled each other so many times but we've evolved so much over the last two years but we've been tag teaming over the last two years so he knows me inside and out. So I sprung off that rope. He kneed me in the face. It took me out on my feet. He hit me with the attitude adjustment. Pinned me. One, two, three. Percy defeated me. And that was bittersweet. Getting knocked out of the tournament was bittersweet. I'm a former AIWF World Television Champion. I really wanted to win this tournament. I really wanted to um, win this and then go on to challenge the AIWF Cruiserweight Champion, Gino Rivera. I still want to. So Gino, if you're listening, baby, let's do it. Let's get, let's get it. I still want an AIWF Cruiserweight title shot. Um, But, you know, so it was a little bit bittersweet, but seeing my friend, seeing Percy go to the finals was really cool. Percy went on to wrestle Peyton Pitts in the finals, but Peyton ultimately took advantage of the back himself and Peyton won the tournament, the Crazy 8 tournament. Congratulations to Peyton Pitts. Uh, thanks for the assist in the Yellow Jacket match, uh, but and you're welcome for the assist working on Percy's back. Just saying, I mean, if you technically, if you uh, you wouldn't have won the tournament if it wasn't for me. Just saying, but uh, I digress. Uh, congratulations, Peyton. Uh, I'm re- We got we all got the photo afterwards. I clearly wasn't very happy in the photo about losing. I was a little bit salty. Don't get me wrong. But I am happy for Percy making it that far. And I am happy that we got to wrestle each other in such an illustrious tournament. And uh, it was just a great experience. It was a really great experience. So then we move on to Saturday night, Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance, the best of the elite gauntlet match. Party Mike enters number one. And Party Mike goes through all, everyone leading up to me, ZDP who was the entrant before me beat down mike i walked out and and you know man like that crowd wanted to boo me and everything but how can i not be an opportunist okay i am mr by the book i'm not just gonna let him get up okay i'll let him get up to his feet all right that i follow the rules but i came in hit my busaiku running knee strike the cagastrophe running knee strike Tend party, Mike. One, two, three. The crowd booed me. I beat down Mike afterwards because you know why not? I mean, I mean, he, he he was in my way. I hit one move on him, and I just wanted to make my make my paycheck worth it, you know. So, uh, and it was a fat paycheck, of course, because I'm Mister by the book. How could you not pay me well? It doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not here to I'm not here on an hourly wage. I don't have to maximize my time in the ring. Get in there, win the match, get it done, and that is why I am the best of the elite. I'm the best of the elite because I am so good. Okay? Because I can do what I want when I want and get the job done. So I go up on stage, this really rude interview girl. Decides to stop me in my tracks going up on going up, trying to just go to the locker room, call it a night and these disrespectful inbreds in Frankfort, Kentucky decided to start yelling at me and booing me. So here is my promo. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Because this promo is one of my favorites that I've ever cut. And I'm just speaking facts. Okay. And because it is 100% by the book. So listen to this promo and we'll be right back.
1: Congratulations on coming out there. I was not just how does it feel to be the best in the orange? <laughs> well, first off, Mike, that was for Katrina. Aww. Second off, I wanna thank my mom and dad. For raising such an outstanding citizen. Give me that. that. Hold my blood, touch.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for continuing to support it. If you haven't already, please go listen to the episode from last week with my wife. It is one of my favorites. It is so good. Um, I have a memorial episode with Bray Wyatt. I have an episode talking about the many colorful attires of Seth freaking Rollins. And I have uh, another one of my favorite episodes that I've done recently uh, is the one about the history of the NWA World of a Champions and the best NWA World of a Champions of all time. I also talk about my NWA tryout and uh, just you know go back and listen to my older ones when I was doing more interview style style uh, interviews uh, and podcast episodes as well. So um, just keep keep listening, keep supporting this podcast. Um, I my goal is to start making money off this, so uh, spread it around, share it for me. I would appreciate that greatly. Um, I would love to, I would love to start making revenue off this podcast because, I, you know, it, it's something I really love doing, uh, ever since I I've revamped it, I've, you know, had a new passion for it. Um, I had my wife, she was my first guest that I've had since I brought, since I came back, I plan to have more talking about a lot of fun topics and a lot of, um, interesting conversations to be had in the world of professional wrestling. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting, uh, go to my merch store, please go to my merch store. Uh, I really want to sell that merch. It is some of my favorite stuff. Um, and if and you guys buying that and supporting that, will will allow me to take that money and invest it in getting shirts and stuff to buy for myself so I can take them to shows and sell them as well by supporting the online store. You are supporting me which supports independent wrestling and I've and I'm an independent wrestler which helps me, you know, pay the bills and helps me um, do my job and fulfill my dreams. So thank you guys for listening and remember to continue doing things 100% by the